So we are talking about culture. We're talking about the arts on this Sunday morning. And you might not know this, but Carl Nell, who is a South African artist, was appointed many years ago as the resident artist working with a team of the world's foremost astronomers on something called Cosmos, which is an ambitious project where they're mapping a two-degree field of the universe. And his work is informed by that mapping, by the, the, um, the, the telescopic work, and he then paints and works with them as well. And we thought this was interesting when we read a really interesting column by Shireen Fard, who is an associate professor of visual communication in the School of Design at the University of Technology in Sydney, where she spoke about how the James Webb deep field images reminded her of the divide between science and the arts. We do have um, Prof. Shireen Fard on the line. Prof, thank you so much for joining us. Okay. I, I thank you. Thanks for inviting me. So just to talk about the James Webb Space Telescope, it has, of course, revealed the very first of some incredible deep space images. I mean, quote unquote, the deepest, the sharpest infrared view of the universe to date, which is quite, quite extraordinary. And when you look at them, they are astounding, artistic, but even terrifying. And I wondered if you could talk about what you discussed when you spoke about the idea that both art and science uh, and that divide is artificial. So when, in terms of the, the artificial divide between science and art, I was thinking about specifically about the way in which we teach, um, you know, from the time we go to school, the way in which those subjects are taught to us, that science is very separate from the creative disciplines and actually... Um, you know, the more art you look at, the more you realise that, um, you know, artists are informed by science and um, science is certainly informed by art in as much as it's informed by aesthetic choices. So, um, I mean, in relation to that divide, um, I think the more we looked at the James Webb images um, among my students and colleagues, the more we could agree that those images uh, are as artistic as anything we had seen. And um, we wanted to kind of explore them from that perspective. And you're right, they are astonishing um, images in as much as um, what we are told that they reveal. So I'm really interested in the way in which um, images don't necessarily reveal themselves, but we have all this information that accompanies images, and that information is quite astonishing. So, you know, it's always this kind of relationship between um, what we read about images and what we're being told these images represent and then what it is that we're actually looking at and seeing in terms of the, you know, the aesthetic um, uh, formal makeup of those images in terms of their colour, their shapes, what they're um, representing. You know, what's there's that saying, and I can't recall who said it, much of a muchness, it goes something like the magic of today 
is the science of tomorrow. And we've seen that yes. demonstrated in a variety of ways. Mostly we've seen it demonstrated through uh, science fiction literature, which then has in fact become science. The fiction has dropped yes. and it's become science. And we've seen this with uh, Gibson's works yes. around virtual reality. We see this about the conversation of taking people to the moon in a very different way. Um, I've just read an extraordinary book called Sea of Tranquility, which is about a future world where people will be living on the mm. moon under domes, etc. But that's the science fiction. And then, as you say, it becomes science. Alternately, we look at the science and it starts to engender an interest in the science fiction again because we look at those images and, as I say, there's, there's a sense of perhaps even fear but something extraordinary, a world that we just don't know or even necessarily mm. understand. Is that something that you think about when you look at the relationship between the two, the, the science and slash art slash fiction? Definitely. And in the article I talked about that, that there's this, you know, it's, it's, you, we're being presented with scientific information, but we're also being presented with um, information that lends itself to the imagination. And so, um, and, you know, with my, my area of expertise in particular is photography. And there's, and what we know about photography is that, yes, photographs are taken with this um, instrument called a camera. Uh, sometimes those cameras are, you know, human operated, sometimes they're not. And, but they create these images that we like to think are mechanical, scientific, objective, but they're also uh, images that are imbued with our desires, our imagination, the stories we've read, the stories we tell ourselves, so that you've always got this um, you know, tension between the real and the not real or fiction and non-fiction. And you, you're right, you do see it in literature. I think of, um, is it Ursula Le Guin? Mm. Um, you know, the, she's suddenly being uh, re-referenced and reprinted and, and published um, because a lot of the writing that she did seems to be coming, um, you know, it's being manifest now in, say, the way in which we're living out climate change. And so I'm interested in that tension, that what we look at um, and how we read images is both through that tension of what is real and what is unreal, what is imaginary, what is scientific fact, um, you know, and, and all, the, all the things in between that we bring to an image from our own subjectivity, our own life experience. Um, yeah, how, how we read an image um, even scientific ones, is informed by who we are, where we live, everything, what our yeah. education is. So I guess I wrote that article from the perspective that I look at those images as an artist, you know. It's interesting because... And you see, see all these artworks in them, you know. We, we are informed by a diversity of biases. Like and seeing I the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. So... so you know, I mentioned the art, South African artist Carl Null, and we did try to get him on the line, but uh, didn't, uh, weren't able to get hold of him. But he has been working with uh, this project, which is mapping t a two-degree field of the universe. And I, I, 
As mm. you mentioned, we are informed by biases. And I wonder, what are the biases that scientists may be taking when they look at the work by the James Webb Telescope Deep Field Images? And indeed, conversely, what are the biases that are coming from uh, someone like yourself who's working in visual communication and photography? Mm. Look, I, I mean, I, in terms of the biases of a scientist, look, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed really watching the scientists, at least, you know, listening to the commentators, science commentators in Australia get very passionate and excited mm. about these images and what they meant. And I, I was, you know, very acutely aware that when they were looking at those images, they were looking at them with all of this technical information. Mm. So technical and technical information that they could understand. So for me, not as a non-scientist, you know, they're telling me things that are in these images, but I, I still can't understand what, what the, those things are. <laughs> so um, as an artist, I look at them and I see all of these artworks that have come before. But I think also, um, and when I say that, uh, artworks that have come before that have attempted to imagine um, these moments of mystery and discovery mm. that the, the the James Webb images are revealing. Mm. But I guess in the article I also talked about the way artists um, use science and images of science to also critique um you know, there's a there's a politics of place and space, mm. and that science is not this neutral space. Science is this place that is inhabited by government, um, by uh, organisations for surveillance, for satellites, um, for harnessing data. So that that's the other thing that I'm all interested in is that the way in which artists use um, science to ask questions mm. about political questions, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our, my bias as a photographer is that I read these images from a particular technical way as well in the way that the scientists do, but I read them from this, this space of, um, you know, constructed images and constructed landscapes mm. so that, you know, I, I see in those images um, the ways in which we can construct almost identical images. And, of course, they don't have the same meaning because they don't reference um, something real that is out there. They reference something that is much more imaginary. Yeah. Shireen Fahd, thank you so much for joining us. That's the Associate Professor of Visual Communication in the School of Design at the University of Technology. Thank you. Writing an article about how the James Webb Telescope deep field images remind her of the, that the divide between science and art is artificial. And I have to say that when you look at some of those images, it's hard to even grasp what we might be and are seeing. And uh, maybe we need the scientists to explain that to us and tell us what we actually are seeing. Are we looking at other worlds? And is there a possibility of other worlds? These are images that are wondrous. They are astounding. And as I said, they are even terrifying.